gosh, it's been forever since we've done an episode of Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I appreciate it. It's been a while, whether it's been your first time listening to the podcast, whether it's your first time, or whether you are a regular listener. I appreciate that. You know what I noticed? People are now saying, I appreciate you. So if you help them fix their flat tire, or if you loan them $10, or you let them, um, I don't know, cut in front of you at Cub, people now say, I appreciate you. Have you noticed that? It's kind of a trendy thing to say. I found myself saying it. I got it from a friend of mine who does a radio show in San Diego, and I used to coach his show, and he would send me emails and, uh, and end them with, I appreciate you. And I'm like, wow, that's, that's a different take on the whole I appreciate that, or I appreciate it kind of a thing. I appreciate you. Well, I do appreciate you and the fact that you listen to the uh, podcast. Um, uh, it has been, uh, my God, weeks since I've done a podcast, probably at least a month. And it's Sunday night. It's about 6 o'clock, uh, and I thought, you know, i got to go do a podcast. I think one of the reasons I hadn't done one in a while, I just didn't, ha- didn't have much to say. And um, it's it would be kind of like one of those phone calls to your parents where you really don't have a lot to say sometimes. And um, there just wasn't anything really going on that I really wanted to talk about. I mean, there's all kinds of political things going on. We, we don't really go down that road. Um, you know, we're this is what I've noticed is that, you know, you politics just divide people today. You can't have a decent discourse on politics. Um, so we're not going to try to do that. Um, I will say I found something in the paper that today's Sunday paper that I want to pass along to you that I thought was really cool. And it's just something really different here. Hold on, let me find it. It is on the front page of the variety section. It says, Escaping the Liberal Bubble. Now, before you read that to me, oh, Dave's going to bash liberals or Dave's not going to whatever, let me explain what this is. It is basically, the subheadline says, With a new play, a theater troupe tries to bridge the political divide. And they've got a new play that's called Understood. And it's about a liberal couple whose marriage is in trouble. They take up on take off on separate paths to bring them in contact with folks outside their bubble, challenging their beliefs about people who are different. And I thought, you know what? That's good. At least somebody is making an attempt to say, hey, why can't we talk about our differing political beliefs anymore without pissing somebody off? Um, a lot of times people just decide not to bring it up. Because it's just it just turns ugly. I mean, you know, it's old news, but we've heard about how, you know, political division has made friends and family members like like block each other on Facebook and not talk anymore. So I don't know. I just thought that play understood sounded like something kind of interesting. It is um, at Soma Studios in Minneapolis coming up um if you look it up just look up under understood soma studios s o m a studios it actually sounds really good um also in the paper today the reason i brought the paper along is um this was a big day for me because for the first time in the 25 years since i've lived here the star tribune wrote a positive article about me and I've been here for a long time, 25 years, and they've covered some of the nastiness and they've covered some of the, I don't know, the the negative side of something. For example, a couple of years ago, we did that waiter stunt where it was actually a server where we set it up that I was scolding a server at a restaurant 
and we posted like hidden camera video footage online and let people believe it for a day. Well, then the next day we showed the whole footage of the server and I and the rest of the crowd in the restaurant dancing out of the restaurant. So it was obviously set up well. The Star Tribune said Dave Ryan doesn't know the meaning of a joke, claims this is humor. And it's like, no, it was humor. I mean, it was actually pretty mild humor compared to some of the other stuff that we laugh at. I mean, my God, watch Family Guy in South Park and uh, and see some of the really edgy humor that they do. And what I did a couple of years ago, hey, listen, it was most people got it. Most people thought it was funny. Um, I think a lot of people were annoyed because they totally fell for it. But it was absolutely harmless. So anyway, the Star Tribune wrote about that then. And so when they approached me to see if I, they could do an article about me for my 25th anniversary, I was I was really glad. I was like, yeah, it'd be nice after 25 years to see a positive article in there. And um, so they had me do, um, uh, I did an interview with uh, Rachel. She did a great job. Um, Rachel Hutton. And uh, Layla took the photos and uh, we just we really had a great time and it was very respectful and it wasn't a fluff piece about how Dave Ryan is super amazing and and, uh, you know, whatever. But they, they pointed out a couple of things that, you know, the past has not always been so rosy. For example, God, 15 years ago, I remember the absurdity of there was like a hockey game in Mankato or something and there was a riot afterwards and then there was like a football game at the U and there was a riot or a hockey game or something and I and I was just the the idea of privileged mostly white kids rioting for anything was so stupid so I said you know what after the next gopher win we're going to have a riot and I'm going to be the first one to throw a USA Today machine through a liquor store window and of course, there's no way that I could have ever incited a riot. That's just stupid, nor would I try to. What I was doing was trying to show people how absurd it was to riot as, a, as an expression of joy uh, after a football game or a hockey win. So that's what I was trying to show. Um, and But some people, they decide to take things the way they want. And so people said, oh, Dave Ryan's trying to incite a riot. I'm like, oh, shit, I wish I had the power to incite a riot. I certainly do not. Um, there's some other things in there. Check out the article. It's good. It's online. And if you miss it completely, I believe it's on my Facebook page, facebook.com slash Dave Ryan KDWB. Uh, there's one part in here that I, that I want to use as another example of some of the things we talk about here on the podcast. Take a shower, show up on time, and don't steal anything and other shit that I've learned the hard way. That's the name of the book. That's the name of the podcast. Um, and there is something in here that I really like, and I want you to, to, to think about this one because it's something that I definitely believe in, um, and that is taking chances on bits that sometimes don't work. For example, um, on the second page of the article, it's a long article, um, in the second column, it says some bits like fat shaming co-host Latart feel boorish. <laughs> okay. Others are simply boring, including the crew's recent blind taste test of red, yellow, and green peppers. Cause we found out they're the same vegetable. There's no variety. It's just different stages of ripeness. So we did a blind taste test. Uh, but they said, you know, you got to risk a few stink bombs to find a diamond in the rough. Latart says, and that Latart says, and that's a byproduct of Ryan's fearlessness. Oh, thank you. Steve said he's not afraid to do something and have it not work. 
And I think that is a big lesson for you and I and anybody. Don't, you cannot safe your way to success. You just can't. If you want to be successful, there's going to be some failings along the way. There's going to be some massive failures along the way. Um, but if you want to get to that success or, or do that one amazing thing, whatever it is, write that amazing song or have that amazing relationship or get that amazing job, you've got to go through some shit before you get there. Don't you agree with that? I think that's really true. Um, so listen, I'm not going to brag and say I take a lot of chances, but I enjoy taking chances and I'm really lucky that my work lets me take chances. And I think that, that I've kind of proven myself over the years that, hey, listen, I might try 10 different things. Four of them might be meh, not so good. One of them might be a disaster. Four of them might be okay. What does that leave one more? And one of them might be a really good bit or a really good feature or something that really touched hearts or whatever it was. So I encourage you to never think that you can safe your way to success. You have to take some chances. Um, don't take big, ridiculous chances. Do not go to your local casino and take your 401k money and put it all on one hand of blackjack. Yes, that is a tremendous chance. And yes, the loss would be devastating and painful and you'd learn a lot from it, but that's not the kind of chance that you want to take. I think you know what I'm trying to say. So remember, the podcast and the book is all about, hey, things that I've learned that I want to pass along to you without sounding preachy. But that would be a that'd be a mouthful for a podcast. Things I've learned that I want to pass along to you without sounding preachy. Almost as big a mouthful as take a shower, show up on time, and don't steal anything. So anyway, the second one, probably a little bit more catchy. We always do a chapter of the book, and uh, I have some of my favorite chapters, and uh, we're going to do one of my favorite chapters now, because it came out, it came up this week with my girl, uh, Fally B, Fallon Bonset, on our show. I'm not going to embarrass anybody, because I don't know who's listening to this, but basically, Fallon gets invited to a lot of lunches because Fallon's a successful woman. She's uh, somewhat of an entrepreneur. She's done some different things. And I think a lot of people want to pick her brain. And she likes to help people. Um, and there's been, you know, people will ask her, say, but Fallon, I just want to take you out for a cup of coffee. Can we go for a cup of coffee? I want to ask you about a couple of things because I see you do this podcast and I see you did this YouTube show and I see you had these bags that you sold and I see that you did this and blah, blah, blah. What I want to pick your brain for a little bit. And Fallon wants to help people, but she doesn't have unlimited time. So there's been some people that have just been persistently asking Fallon, Fallon, can we go to coffee next Wednesday at 11 o'clock? I'll buy, I'll come to you. And Fallon's like, no, I really can't. Not because she doesn't want to, but because she can't say yes to everybody. So the there are some people who will say, well, what about Thursday? And Fallon will say no, and then they'll let it drop because they get it. It's like, you know what? Fallon's a nice person, but she can't say yes to every invitation, just like you can't either. Um, you've got to have some time to yourself. So this there's been a couple of people that will not stop asking Fallon. And I'll tell you this one, if you ask Fallon to go to lunch or to go get coffee and she tells you no twice, she doesn't want to go. And it's not that she doesn't like you or want to get to know you. She just can't say yes. So stop. <laughs> okay. I'm going to guess it probably wasn't you that's been asking her that. But the point of my book is let people say no. Well, not the whole book, but this particular chapter. And here we go with chapter 89. 
when I was in ninth grade, there was a kid in my science class named Mike Fabian. Now, believe it or not, his dad was an astronaut to went on who went on to fly a couple of space shuttle missions. You can look it up. Just look up astronaut Fabian, F-A-B-I-A-N. And he was an astronaut, I think, in the 80s, probably sometime. Well, I went to school at the Air Force Academy, so it was not that unusual to have a, you know, a kid in my class whose dad was an astronaut. Anyway, the chapter goes on to say Mike was funny, and he fit into the pretty much the same junior high social category as me. Funny, somewhat dorky, invisible to girls, and a real smartass. We had a great time laughing it up in class and oogling girls we never had the nerve to talk to. Several times... I invited Mike to my house to hang out after school. He never even came close to accepting, but I didn't let up. If he said no one day, I'd ask him again the next day and the next and the next. I even found his phone number in the phone book. Remember when people used to do that? And I called him. I said, hey, you want to come over and hang out? His reasons for saying no were unclear. For all I knew, he had to be home to take care of his grandma, or he wanted nothing more than to watch a rerun of Andy Griffith, or he just needed to do homework. Whatever his reasons were, I finally took the hint. Mike was a buddy at school, but had no interest in hanging out at my house. It took me a while, but I finally got it. Isn't it annoying when you get invited to lunch with someone who's about as interesting as Chinese checkers, and you say, wow, I'd like to, but I've got hemorrhoid surgery that day. So he suggests another day, and you mumble something about how you're so busy teaching, teaching church youth group that you just can't find time. Well, what about next month, says the boar enthusiastically. This keeps up until you either give in or he finally understands, and the next time you run into each other, you get the cold shoulder. If you find yourself on the other side of this, stop pressuring a hesitant person. It's their loss. If they don't want to hang out, let them say no. They'll totally appreciate it. Um, what else can I say about that? I, I think you got the message. I mean, I'm going to guess you probably, as a smart adult who's smart enough to listen to a podcast like this one, <laughs> then I'm going to guess that's something you already get. Um, uh, but I don't know. I just think that's really interesting how some people just don't know when no means no. All right, what else can we talk about? Oh, I was going to go back to taking chances because I noticed this, and I want to talk about this and see if you notice this too. Taking chances, taking chances that are smart chances, taking chances that are calculated risks, never one about, hey, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to rob a bank and hope that I don't get caught and hope that I don't have to shoot anybody. That's a bad calculated risk. So don't do that one. But I've noticed this one in middle-aged and older people. They become very averse to risks. Now, I'm not talking about skydiving risks, although that could apply too. Um, I'm talking about risks at work or risks with their... I don't know, life or love life or social life or whatever. And I noticed this a lot in my business. I noticed that certain people, as they get to a certain age, they become very risk averse. In other words, they don't want to take any chances. I worked at a radio station a long time ago, and I'm not going to say which one because I think some of the people who work there are still in radio and still in management. But I worked for a boss who was so paralyzed by fear of doing the wrong thing that he did nothing and the things that he did were so bland and safe that it made the radio station sound bland and safe 
And I think a radio station should be fun, especially a radio station like the, we worked at at the time. It was a lot like KDWB. It should have been fun and exciting, and there should have been some, like, I don't know, some chances and some maybe some attitude thrown in and, and just some different kinds of things. But he was so paralyzed by the fear of doing something wrong and losing his job that he took no risks. And eventually, thank God, he left... But then the next guy who came in, he wasn't right for it either. He, I don't remember much about him. He was just weird, <laughs> really, is the only thing I can say about him. And the whole staff was like, oh, my God, this fucker's really weird. And he really was. Um, but I don't want to be too specific because they're both, I think, still in radio. And they're both decent humans. They just weren't really cut out for the kind of chances they need to take. So I don't know how old you are. I know people of all different ages listen to the podcast. I know some 20-somethings that listen. I know some 60-somethings that listen, too. Um, and uh, wherever you are in your life, don't forget, still you got to take those chances. And maybe as you get older, you're a little, care a little more careful with the risks that you take. Maybe you wouldn't want to, oh, let's name something stupid, learn how to do a backflip on a trampoline when you're 64 years old. Because if you land funny and break a vertebrae or rupture a disc, that's probably not worth the risk. But hey, um, I think I made my point. So take those risks um, in a smart way. And as you get older and you notice yourself becoming more risk averse. Ask yourself, am I being too safe, especially if other people depend on you to take chances? I'll give you one more example about that one. It's a football analogy, which I don't really do a lot of football analogies, but I really like this one a lot. And this is a it's not even an analogy. It's a true story. Uh, John Elway was the quarterback of the Denver Broncos through most of the 80s and most of the 90s. And John Elway was a really good quarterback that loved to take risks. However, he was coached by a guy named Dan Reeves. And Dan Reeves was a very conservative coach. And Dan Reeves didn't like to air out the ball and didn't like to throw a lot of passes and didn't like to take a lot of chances. So they'd be, a lot of the time, they'd go into the fourth quarter and they'd be behind because Elway was not able to do what he could do, which was throw amazing passes. Then Dan Reeves would say, look, John, we're behind. We got 12 minutes left to play. Go air it out. And sometimes it would work, and sometimes it would be too late. And John Elway got pissed and he got frustrated because here was a coach who wouldn't let him do what worked. And yes, it was somewhat risky because when you throw a pass, what can happen? It can be intercepted. It can be run back for a touchdown. It can be incomplete, but also can be a long gain for a touchdown. Anyway, so Dan Reeves got fired. John Elway then finally got to play the game the way he wanted to. And guess what? They went to the Super Bowl and they won. And they went again the next year. And they won again. They won two in a row where they had gone four times before, three times under Dan Reeves and never won. So my point on this one is, especially if somebody on your team or there's a group of people on your team that need to be allowed to take some risks. Hey, make sure they do it. You'll take the heat if they fail, but you'll also get part of the praise and the credit if they win. All right, let me see if there was something else here I wanted to talk about on the podcast. Oh my gosh, yes. The Clipadoo. Just me throw a little plug in here. This podcast sponsored by The Clipadoo. Not really. I mean, it's mine, so I can sponsor it if I want to. Uh, the Clipadoo is that 
cool little clip that clips onto your dog's leash that holds their bag of poop. And you can get one on Etsy.com, E-T-S-Y.com. Just search Clip-A-Doo, C-L-I-P-A-D-O-O. Never carry your dog poop again. Boy, this totally sounds like one of those commercials that I fast forward through when I listen to a podcast. Um, Maybe I should get Blue Apron (laughs) to sponsor this. Doesn't Blue Apron do that? Uh, Sponsor a lot of podcasts? Anyway, um, uh, check it out. It's really easy to use and it's really helpful. And I've given one to uh, Steve and Fallon and some friends and Nathan who listen to the podcast. And it actually works. And you pick up your dog's poop. You tie a loop in the poop bag just like it normally would. But before you close the loop, you put it into the little clip on the clip do Now you close the loop and now it just hangs there. Uh, when you get home, you unclip it, slides right out, throw in the trash. The Clipadoo. Search Clipadoo on Etsy.com. Did you fast forward through that? Son of a. Um, okay, there's one other thing that I wanted to talk about vaginas. What? What in the. What? I don't want to hear Dave talk about vaginas. I'm not going to talk about anything that I've ever had to say about vaginas, but I read, I read this article in a magazine called um, Skeptical Inquirer. And it's the September-October 2018 issue. And I really want to read part of this to you. It's really, really interesting. Skeptical Inquirer is basically it examines everything from uh, multi-level marketing. Um, Here's one, um, nine biological reasons Noah's flood never happened. And it's all based on science and reason and not, um, I don't know, speculation and weird, funny things. So uh, let me see if I can find this here. Uh, It was a woman. She is a gynecologist. And of course, I, I did flag the page. Um, Here's an article about astrology and how more adults and millennials are turning to astrology, not religion, but they really love astrology, which I think is kind of weird. Anyway, this woman, uh, Harriet Hall, is a gynecologist. Um, Actually, she's a a retired family physician, so um, she is not a gynecologist, but I'm going to give her credit for knowing a whole lot more about the vagina than I do. She calls the article The Care and Feeding of the Vagina. I'm going to read you some of the headlines of the paragraphs. Number one, the vagina is self-cleansing. There's no need for douching or other procedures to cleanse the vagina. It cleanses itself just as the colon cleanses itself with no need for detoxification regimens. The idea that your colon's walls are coated with years-old hamburger residue is preposterous. Um, so there's one, and then she talks about, um, um, hold on, things that don't belong in the vagina. Um, and they talk about things that, um, you can put in there to make it, I don't know, um, uh, I don't want to use the word tighter or more youthful or more beautiful or whatever. They said, um, they talk about yogurt dipped tampons or a hole or cut garlic clove. And there are people who actually think this is a good idea. Uh, Then she says jade eggs and other quackery. And she actually brings up Gwyneth Paltrow by name. Gwyneth Gwyneth Paltrow's jade eggs. She wants you to stick a $66 rock up there. She says you can even breathe passion into your jade egg practice with Yanni breathing to increase your life force energy. Uh, She said, Gwyneth says it will detox, improve your sex life, balance your menstrual cycle, and intensify feminine energy. No, it won't. But it's porous, 
and it might have bacteria. Hey, listen, um, the article goes on to say, uh, it's only a couple of pages, but it says the bottom line, vaginas don't need to be fed with garlic or yogurt or jade eggs or anything else. They don't need cleansing with douches or anything else. Any advice to the contrary is quackery until proving otherwise. Hey, uh, never thought we'd see a day we talk about vagina health and care on uh, the podcast, but I know a lot of women listen to the podcast. I just, as a guy, I found that really interesting because what do we know about vaginas? Not much. But as a woman, it's probably something that, you know, occupies your mind at least a couple of minutes a day. I don't know. I've never asked anybody, but I thought that was interesting. Uh, it is in Skeptical Inquirer this month, and it's just exactly what it says, so for what it's worth. Um, and that is going to kind of wrap up the podcast for this week. I appreciate you. <laughs> Remember, we talked about that at the beginning of the podcast. I appreciate you. Thanks for listening. And I do appreciate you. I think I've communicated that on the podcast many times. Um and uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for taking the time, whether you're out for a run or in your car on a road trip or at the gym or whatever. I appreciate your downloading the podcast. Hey, uh, feedback anytime. Dave Ryan at KDWB.com. Uh, maybe you want to hear more about vaginas on the podcast. Maybe you want to hear more about the clipadoo on the podcast or I don't, whatever it is. Hey, listen, I always love your feedback. Dave Ryan at KDWB.com. We do have a Facebook page. Uh, just search, take a shower, show up on time, and it'll probably auto-complete and fill in, and you can find it on there. I'd love to get your feedback on there, too. Um, uh, and thank you again for listening to Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything. Oh, by the way, the book. There is a book, and you can buy it on Amazon or itaskabooks.com. And if you ever want me to sign it, come by the radio station some morning. Give me a heads up and come by during the show or after the show. I'd be more than happy to sign it for you. And if you want to get one for, uh, I don't know, somebody for Christmas or a birthday or anything, I'd be more than happy to personalize it to them. Um, uh, and that's it. Have a great week. Hopefully we'll do another podcast. I sure seem to have a lot to say this week, that's for sure. And uh, we'll check you out next time on Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything. <laughs>